Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. And tonight on Cats and Cosby, huge news. The United States has finally started striking targets related to Iranian proxy groups, retaliating with airstrikes. We're told in the last few minutes that Syria was hit, a number of locations there, also a number of locations in Iraq. So far, no word of anything tied to directly to Iran or its oil, uh, any of those facilities. We don't know what the targets were, but we are hearing in the last few minutes that more than 85 targets, they are saying, have been struck. And we're told that B-1B bombers and a number of others were responsible for these strikes. We're also hearing from the White House that this will be a long campaign. This is not just a one-shot deal that they believe that this will continue potentially for weeks or more. This, of course, comes in response to the fact that an Iranian proxy group is responsible for killing three Americans and wounding dozens of others. Huge news. Finally, there is some retaliation. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, John is off today. We have a great panel here in studio. Perfect for this. We have former New York Governor David Patterson. We also have Judge Richard Weinberg. And we also have New York State GOP Chair Ed Cox. Uh, Ed, your thoughts, first of all, with this big news. If they don't hit Iran, that's the head of the snake. they got to cut it off. Uh, but they don't want to because they don't want higher oil prices, which means higher gasoline prices, and that's not good for re-election. You have to take a look at everything the White House does is in the context of Biden's re-election. Judge Weinberg. And, very importantly, if they go directly against Iran, it's a repudiation of the Obama-Kerry-Biden foreign policy vis-a-vis Iran. But they've been appeasing them to begin with. No, but they've been appeasing them all along. If they go directly after them, it shows that everything they've done to appease Iran was a failure. But then, Governor Patterson, uh, clearly they're going after Iranian proxy groups. Uh, Can they try to separate it from Iran? Well, my question is, why would you attack the watchdog outside the castle when your beef is with the people inside? I would think that that really would have made this different, even if as... Um, uh, Ed Cox said, even if the oil prices uh, go up, is you go after Iran and you change your whole image for the American people. Well, you know what I, I think of Soleimani. Soleimani. Soleimani was the perfect response to the attack and that on, was the, by the on the Trump administration on the on the oil fields in uh, that was Saudi the, Arabia. That was the Trump administration. Yes, it certainly was. Oh, I, yes, thought, governor. I thought Joe Biden did that. Yeah, right, right. That's a joke. Boy, is I, that a joke. Governor, I know those funny little cigarettes are now legal, but you have to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Getting back to Soleimani, Trump emitted strength. And when they went after that one U.S. contractor, he sent a missile right to Soleimani. And he also said to the Ayatollahs, you might be next. So get ready. And we saw peace after that, Ed. Uh, that's uh, that's exactly it. And Soleimani, by the way, was running the whole show, all these proxies, by taking him out that assured they were in confusion until they found a new leader. Go you know, ahead, Judge about, Weinberg. And what about 
when Reagan sunk half the Iranian Navy. That's what you have to do. That's the only thing those people in that area of the world understand. Force and strength. Not only are you right, Your Honor, but Iran's real reputation is getting others to do its job for them, but hiding in the shadows. And so the only really way, the only way to ever really get their attention is go right at them because they are not great fighters in Iran. Remember, after the hostage situation in 1979, when President Reagan came in in, in uh, 1981, um, the Iranians got into a war with Iraq and got their butts kicked. They don't fight. They get people to fight for them. Well, and that's why you want to send a message directly to them, because they don't care about these Iranian proxy groups. That's like collateral to them. That's collateral damage. And that's why you have to actually go somehow after the head of the snake. We're not even going after sanctions, guys. The head of the Revolutionary Guard has been saying, bring it on. We want war. And so no response to that. Yeah, it is uh, unbelievable. Let's go. Actually, we have John Katsimatidis calling in, who is in Florida. Uh, John, your thoughts about this big news as you're just hearing here. I'm so glad you're joining us, my friend. Uh, U.S. launching these retaliatory strikes, but not going after Iran directly, John. Well, I, I hope we make a difference because the only thing Iran and some of those countries uh, believe in or or respect is strength. And uh, other than that, if we show weakness and we're going after empty tents and empty warehouses, then we really see, uh, how do you say it, screwed? Yeah, yeah. You know what's amazing, John, too? It happens, look, it's a week later. He's already announced, oh, we're going to do something. It's like telegraphing, John, too. I mean, it's a week late. It should, I contend it's months late. He should have done it soon after October 7th. Your thoughts, John? The only thing they respect is strength. If they did that uh, to the Soviet Union, Soviet Union or Soviet Union, Russia, uh, see how old I am? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, John. Russia would would hit them back 10 times over. And that's the the only thing that kept peace in the world is that the bullies uh, didn't dare do something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Ed Cox? Yeah, no, the, John's absolutely right. <laughs> you got to show strength. You have to. Peace uh, through The Biden strength. administration believes in peace or weakness. It doesn't work. It just invites more aggression. It. Uh, you're right. Um, you guys, let's go now, if we could, to Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. Um, Rudy, we had you on. We were going to talk about migrants, which we definitely will get to. But first, your reaction, Rudy. Uh, we have Judge Weinberg. We have Governor Patterson. we got Ed Cox. And we have John Katz also Thanks. joining us. Your thoughts well, about now, I- finally, uh, some co- cojones, uh, if that's called that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think I'd go that far. Yeah, um, I wouldn't either. I actually, because, I mean, I agree. I I, <laughs> I agree with the discussion completely. I think the only thing I can add to it is, to the benefit of the audience, just substitute decoy for proxy, because that's what the Houthis are. That's what uh, Hezbollah is. That's what uh, Hamas is, and they've been like that uh, since the first Ayatollah. It's a brilliant strategy. It's smarter than anything we've ever done. Uh, just think of it. They have killed innumerable Americans, and they basically let other people pay the price for it. And the only one who cut through that was Donald Trump. And the one time he did it, they didn't do a damn thing. And you know who opposed that? The guy in the White House. The guy in the White House opposed hitting Soleimani. And, uh, and then, of course, there were the predictions that they were going to go to war with us. 
you know, they, 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 they actually hit empty fields. They borrowed the Clinton uh, uh, theory of hitting empty fields. That was their response because we not only took out Salmani, we took out basically his high command and his headquarters. And uh, this third anniversary, they're still vowing to do something about it. That was a pathetic speech. The speech was, we will, you know, we're very patient and we will. I, I, get, to re- I get to see a lot of that from MEK. And um, the ceremony this year was almost silly. I mean, they've given up the idea that they're going to retaliate about that. So I think everything you're saying is right. It's been a failure of our foreign policy, I don't know, what, four decades now? And Judge Patterson said it's like, you know, hitting the guards and not the, 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 big, the people running things inside. We can do that forever and we'll die and they'll live and their empire will get bigger. This is a great opportunity, for example, to take out their nuclear facilities like the, like the Israelis used to do. The Israelis used to hit them every two or three years. And then the criticism was, oh, they can just rebuild them. Yeah, go ahead, rebuild them. Spend another $30 billion and you'll be starving. Yeah, I don't absolutely. get the love affair that Ob- Obama, I don't get the love affair that Obama and Biden and uh, uh, Blinken have with Iran. It's almost like they're in love with them. Yeah, meanwhile, they're attacking U.S. troops. As we know, we have now three service members. By the way, today was the uh, transfer. It was the peaceful transfer, of course, of their remains to Dover Air Force Base. That's like one of the most solemn occasions. And to me, it, it just reinforces what's happened. We had the Navy SEALs. Uh, you know, I think about all of these moments that have happened since October 7th. Rudy, too, uh, before we let you go, your thoughts about the migrants, too, because that's another huge story. Now these migrants, it looks like four of them are on a bus to uh, Gavin Newsom's sanctuary state. You know, I, I think I have to admit that when, when it involves police officers, my response is uh, less than rational. Uh, I don't I don't maybe because I had uncles that were police officers, maybe because I spent the formative part of my life working with them on very, very dangerous situations. And I and I lost a few along the way, more than a few. I've been to maybe without September 11, 50 police funerals. Uh, You can't let this happen unless we want to have a completely lawless, uh, Soros, chaotic society. You cannot let people beat the hell out of your police officers and then treat them. I mean, these people didn't even fall under the bail law. They they fell under the part of the law where you could set bail. And Bragg's prosecutors asked the judge not to. They're too busy framing Trump. Yep. And by the way, that was that was the point, Rudy, that Governor Hochul had today. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you've got a point. Mr. Mayor, you know, as well as I do, even if the assistant DA says we want to go along with releasing them in their own recognizance, the jail, the judge sitting in arraignment can hold them in on bail, notwithstanding that and also could remand them. And that's what I would have done, Mr. Mayor. I know, uh, Judge. You want to go back on the bench? <laughs> yeah, we need them. We need them. We, we need them. Our whole system of justice is breaking I don't think, down. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rudy. I don't think we have a system of justice. I think I think we're fooling people. You know, we have a two-tiered system of justice. 
two-tiered system of justice is injustice. I mean, it's not, it just isn't, uh, I don't think I can emphasize enough the destruction of morale when what happened yesterday happens. All of our police officers relate to each other at a time like watching on television and they're getting beaten. And then they see the prosecutor and the judge back the other guys. I, I don't know if I'm capable of describing what that does to their morale, but I can tell you it leads to a lot more crime. Yeah, and uh, Governor Patterson. You know, Mr. Mayor, I was talking to Rita right before the program started, and in a way, it's this decade's answer to what happened to Rodney King. Now it's in reverse, and the that tape is not going away. The same way, you know, you wound up watching Rodney King's, uh, you know, issue for, uh, you know, a long period of time. Uh, no one's going to forget that police officers beaten, first of all, the police officers were trying to break up the fight that these people were having among themselves. The second thing is, it's amazing and that the, no, neither the police officers took the gun out and fired it because it certainly would have been self-defense at that point. They were being kicked in the head. I, I have a feeling when I started in law enforcement in the 70s, this would have been a very short confrontation. The first two guys, they'd be going to a funeral for them, and the others would be in jail. Right and, on. And, and the, and the, right? In the days in which uh, we're thinking about, Governor, he, he, you start beating up cops like that, I mean, a couple other cops blow them away. I mean, when you start kicking heads, you can kill somebody. When those guys came in there kicking like uh, the head is a football, it's just lucky one of those guys didn't die. It really you don't is. have to take that kind of treatment. And a few That's examples like that, and then then when the next cop walks in, the, he'll get respect in a situation like that. Yeah, let me go to uh, John Katz. John Katz, your thoughts? My thoughts, uh, if you don't show them strength, like I said before, we, yeah. we've had it. We've had it. And, you know, I asked, uh, like I said the other day, I asked uh, uh, Mike Pompeo, how many how many countries have to be involved before we call it a world war? The only other thing I want to point out, I I don't think Biden gave permission for for Israel to hide, to strike Iran. So in lieu of uh, Israel, their new ally Saudi Arabia used their foreign legion called ISIS to to hit Iran. So let let Saudi Arabia do the job. Let ISIS do the job on Iran if they want to. But uh, enough is enough, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Rudy, your thoughts real quick before we let you go. Yeah, I think John is right. And you'll notice that in the last two weeks, Bibi has hit two major Iranian uh, advisors to Iraq. We have it. I mean, he's, got, he's, he's hit him in Syria, but they went specifically after Revolutionary Guard commanders, not quite at Soleimani's level, but at the operational level. And uh, Iran warned them. And BB just said, you know, go to hell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, 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 you're the ones actually directing the attacks on northern Israel. <laughs> they wouldn't know what direction to shoot in. So we're <laughs> going to take you out. Yeah, Rudy, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We love you, Rudy Giuliani. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. you. Good weekend. Yeah, you too. You too. John, stick with us because we have joining us now Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Gobb, uh, he is the executive director, co-founder of Restore Liberty, also an Army veteran, 28 years in the military, Black Hawk helicopter pilot and commander. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Gobb, your thoughts about this big, huge news that the U.S. has launched strikes, finally some retaliation in Iraq and Syria in response to, of course, the three U.S. soldiers killed. We're just hearing it's just crossing the wire right now that senior military officials are telling a number of news organizations that the U.S. will not hit Iran, uh, as we sort of suspected. Your thoughts? Hi, Rita. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Um, you know, ultimately, we telegraphed this. They knew we were coming. They knew where their stuff is more than we did. And uh, they're not surprised by this. I'm sure they had plans in place that will be retaliatory on their part as well. But, you know, Iran is certainly willing to let its, you know, proxy or, as I call them, mercenary forces be eliminated a little bit at a time as long as we're not targeting Iran directly. Um, And that's just the nature of how this kind of thing works. Uh, Of course, it remains to be seen exactly what we targeted, how effective it will be and whether it will deter anything. But I am skeptical that it would deter Iran from its overall mission throughout the Middle East. And, and frankly, we're dealing with a lot of folks who consider to be who consider that, uh, you know, death and warfare against the great Satan, whether us or Israel, is actually a promotion. So uh, it is difficult to deter people who think like that. There's a lot of things that are actually going on that and we're all just getting the beginning of this. But uh, when your enemy has got at least five days to prepare and we've been telling him that we're coming. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised to see if there are either limited results or if this turns into uh, putting our forces at even greater risk throughout the Middle East. Uh, but you now we had to try something. And if we're not going to put economic sanctions back on Tehran, which should have been our first step, then we're really not serious about trying to hurt Iran in ways that matter and keep them from funding all these people throughout the Middle East. So that's my initial impression um, I'll kick it back to you. If you had anything else you wanted to yeah. add or ask, yeah. And we have Ed Cox here in the studio, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel. Go uh, ahead, Ed. Uh, Colonel, uh, this is tit for tat. Regardless of using B one bombers, or anything else, it is tit for tat. The fact that it's happening just as the bodies are being lifted off the planes and the, off the uh, off the uh, the plane that brought them back here to the United States, it just shows it's just in retaliation for that. While we've got a much bigger problem with Iran, the president should be giving a speech about that, putting everything together, what the Houthis did and everything like that, and put this in a bigger context because that's what it should be. Yeah, I agree. I often and have for weeks described this as the world's largest whack-a-mole board, and right now we're losing. And so we just got to well I mean, we, we've got to keep trying, but uh, this is, I don't think this is going to work the way they think it's going to work. Uh, I'm a I'm a ground army guy, but also flew helicopters, so I understand you know what aviation can do, and then what ground troops can do when it comes to controlling terrain and doing things like that. Um, so it's really early in, in the process to know how effective this will be over the coming days and potentially weeks. Um, but what I don't want to see is us getting slow walked into a war with Iran, bypassing Congress, who has the only constitutional requirement for de- for a declaration of war, and leaving this in, ha- in the hands of a feckless and weak president who can't do his job on a daily basis, much less deal with a, a major conflict less, like this. Only Congress can approve something big, like declaring war on a major nation state. So we'll see where that goes, but I'm concerned about 
us just getting drawn into this, which I think there are a lot of people in the Middle East that would be happy if we did that. Yeah, no, you're right. There are so many concerns and people are looking at this president and saying, uh, first of all, yesterday we saw Defense Secretary Austin after seeing him, he looked feeble. He sounded feeble. Uh, that doesn't instill confidence. Um, we also have John Katsimatidis. John, uh, do you have a question for the lieutenant colonel? No, I just uh, uh, the question for the lieutenant colonel is uh, how far do you think we should go without overgoing? Oh, well, I think the, uh, the the line here that we can't cross is the boundaries of Iran, at least, you know, from a kinetic attack perspective, air, ground, whatever that may be. I'm all for destroying our economy again through harsh sanctions. we got to start with that. Otherwise, you're really not serious. Um, everything else is negotiable, I guess, when it comes to destroying the systems and support bases for all of these different groups around the Middle East. That's I, mean, I call that kind of like taking the pawns off the chessboard before you go after the bigger parts, and hopefully you never have to actually go there. So let's leave it at that for now. Um, and if we have the results we're hoping for by the targets that we're hitting that reduces the risk to our soldiers in the area, great. But my concern is that with the amount of you know, foreshadowing we've given them, the actions that we're taking, they've known it's coming. Uh, I know they've got another plan coming, and it remains to be seen what that looks like. I hope we haven't increased the risk to our forces in the region instead. Yeah, you're right. You don't know what uh, what they're planning problem. next. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. My, my only other problem is there are troops coming into the United States through the, through the borders. At what point do they push the button and create another terrorism uh, situation in the United States? And uh, uh, I think one goes with the other. Any day is my concern, and uh, I call this America's five-front war. It's kind of like the whole of American government right now versus its own people. Number two is an immigration invasion. That's a great point, John, sort of like where it's headed. Your final thoughts, John? They, they're going to hit us someplace or another. They're, they're going to hit us. I mean, uh, they're preparing to. But the only thing that might hold them back is they see how angry the American people do get when we get hit like that. They really get, look what happened after 9-11. of the people agreed with George W. Bush after 9-11. If they want to see us get together and really hit them, then go ahead. Go ahead. Make our day. Get the American people angry. And I hope some, I hope they're listening to me right now. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, John, stay with us. Okay. We're going to go to a quick break. We are going to bring in Larry Kudlow here on Cats and Cosby. He's got an update on the economy. And also I want to ask you, John, about grocery prices. Uh, because now Biden is saying the grocers need to bring down the prices, not his, uh, crazy economic policies. We'll talk about that after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. By the way, Friday is pizza day. I think we need to get some pizza here for the guys in the studio. And here at WABC, it's the iconic Grimaldi's Pizza at the old Limelight Church. It is the official pizza of 77 WABC. And, John, before I bring in our guest, uh, Grimaldi's Pizza Day would not be complete without you saying Anthony's name for all of us, John. Anthony! <laughs> well, i got to tell you, on our plane ride down to Florida, we took two boxes of Anthony's Grimaldi's pizza. Ooh, yum! Yum, yum, yum! It, it was good. It is always the best. Well, there's a lot of talk now about grocery prices. John, I can't wait to ask you about this because Biden's going after the grocery stores. And joining us is another guy who knows also a lot about the economy, uh, the great Larry Kudlow. Of course, he's got his show on WABC. It's the big top show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And as John says, it goes beyond the Milky Way. It goes to the stratosphere, the ratings. And, of course, you can see him on Fox Business. Larry, great to have you here. We have Ed Cox. We have Judge Weinberg. We have Governor Patterson. John is also joining us. Um, Larry, what do you make of him kind of pointing at the grocery stores? And I can't wait to get John's take on this, too. But your thoughts, Larry, that it's the grocery store's fault as opposed to uh, Biden's policies. Well, let me just say it sounds like. In the studio today, you've got a real motley group. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the motliest? Who's the motliest of the group? All right, Larry, come on. Tough question. Tough question. (laughs) It's it's not you, Rita. That's all I'll say. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. And then there were three. I'm going to leave groceries to John. Uh, I just want to say you had a blowout jobs number today. Okay, a blowout number. And it was a solid number. And I want to say what I've been saying on the TV show and other Fox News programs. Um, there's no question that the last six months, the economy has picked up steam. And it's not a political issue, whether you're a liberal or conservative or whatever. The numbers have come in stronger than anybody thought. All the forecasting models were wrong about 2023 from the Federal Reserve to the Congressional Budget Office, to the Wall Street Journal survey of forecasters. Uh, Everybody was wrong, including myself. People were looking, the consensus was looking for a slowdown or a recession. And what's happened in the last six months is the economy has improved. I want to say that because I'm an honest analyst and you don't have to politicize everything. And the job numbers today were good. And wages went up faster than inflation. I want to put that in. America is working. And uh, middle-class working folks have gotten the pay raise. And I might add the productivity numbers earlier this week uh, were also quite good, 2.7%, almost 3%. So they've earned their pay increase. That That's the big story. The blowout jobs numbers, that's the headline story. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't understand capitalism, so he wants to pick on grocery stores. Now, the problem for him is the affordability crisis over the duration of his presidency. Uh, real wages are still down about 4%, even though that number has improved a lot in the last six months. But over the past three years, they're still down. And also, I'll point out, there are a lot of layoffs 
report in January, which is why this number today was a bit of a surprise. Uh, big layoffs in the financial sector and the technology sector and also the food processing and producing sector, too. So you kind of can't figure out one next to the other. But you had a blowout number today. All right. More Americans are working. That's let, a good thing. Let me bring in uh, someone who knows a lot about food prices, uh, John Katsimatidis. John, your thoughts to what Larry was just saying. And Any questions, John? Uh, the economy uh, is good, and uh, I hope it doesn't give the Federal Reserve an excuse not to lower uh, interest rates because I believe they have to lower interest rates. Otherwise, the real estate industry and other industries are just going to uh, have a, a major problems. I mean, uh, and uh, that's my real feelings. And as far as food prices, I don't think they're going down a lot. They may go down a little bit by the manufacturers uh, creating bigger deals to reduce uh, uh, prices temporarily, but they're not going to permanently reduce prices because uh, the food manufacturers don't have the confidence in Washington that they're not going to pull another fast one on them uh, to to lower prices. That's just my opinion. Larry, go ahead. Um, I don't think the Fed is going to cut rates. Uh, They may not lower rates in my lifetime. But I know they're not going to cut them in the next few months. And if they don't cut them by the summer, they're not going to cut them because they're not going to be politicized with respect to the election. You basically have an economy growing at 3% uh, the last two, three quarters. Um, You've got unemployment down at 3.7. And inflation has cooled, but it's still over the Fed's 2% target. There's no. My view is there's no reason for the Fed to cut rates. The bond market has already adjusted its uh, forecast of cutting of the Fed funds rate. Now I think people have pushed it back to May, but frankly, I, I, I don't see any reason why they'll cut them in May either. Uh, things, are, things are too good, and there's no point in juicing the economy. They'll be accused of electioneering. I don't think the Fed wants to do that. But just on the fundamentals, when you get a jobs report today was like 350,000 and prior months were revised higher by about 120,000, it was twice what the Wall Street consensus was. The Federal Reserve is not going to cut rates on that kind of news. Believe me. Trust me. I've been doing this a long time. Well, uh, that's obviously not good news for uh, the people who are looking to buy new homes and everything else right now, which makes it tough for for so many folks. Um, Larry, well, incomes incomes are rising. That's very important. Calculus. Yeah, no, that is. In, you're right. In, that's important. Yep, for sure. And and mortgage rates have fallen a hundred basis points. So not enough. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's never enough, but um, it is what it is. And I'm glad more Americans are working. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that is the bottom line. Uh, Larry, thank you so much. And we're going to be tuning in to your show that goes to the stratosphere in terms of ratings. Uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Of course, Larry Kudlow, the great Larry Kudlow, tomorrow on WABC. Thank you, Larry, so much. All right, Greta. Take care. Thank you, my friend. And John, stick with us, everybody. After the break, we're going to be talking to Greg Jarrett, uh, Fannie Willis, the Georgia DA, admits, yeah, it was a personal relationship with the prosecutor. We have a lot of details on that after the break. But first, here are your Goya hot, 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 as John always says, super hot headlines. It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. 
and the U.S. has conducted strikes in Syria and also in Iraq in response to a recent deadly drone attack at the U.S. base in Jordan. As we were talking about here on the top of the show on Cats and Cosby, the drone attack that killed three U.S. soldiers is believed to have been conducted by Iranian-backed militias. The attack is happening on the same day that the bodies of those service members were returned to the U.S., Also, the search continues for more suspects in the assault of those two officers in Times Square. As the officers visited migrant centers throughout the city overnight, calls have mounted for the deportation of the men involved. It's believed that 14 men were involved in that brutal attack on our great law enforcement and that four of them who were charged and arrested left on a bus heading to California. And the race for former New York Congressman George Santos's seat is heating up as early voting is getting underway this weekend. Republican Mozzie Pillup is going toe-to-toe with Democrat Tom Swazi for that open seat in New York's 3rd Congressional District. Early voting runs through February 11th, and the special election takes place February 13th. And everybody, those are your hot, hot stories from delicious Goya beans. And we're going to have a lot more right after the break. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here in Cats and Cosby. John, I hate to say this to you. We are eating hot Grimaldi's pizza right now. Uh, I, had really it for lunch today. <laughs> I had it for lunch today, and we had it on the airplane. Um, what did you have? Did you have, like, we're having, I think it's like sausage and cheese here. It's delicious. No, and what I do you think? Like plain, I think yum. I just like plain uh, with cheese, Grimaldi's pizza. I don't want, I don't need the extra stuff on it. Yeah, when it's so good, you don't need the extra stuff. Good point. Good point. Um, well, joining us now here on Cats and Cosby is Greg Jarrett. Greg, of course, is the great Fox News legal analyst. He's also the author of the Constitution of the United States and other patriotic documents, an awesome book. And Greg, uh, Fannie Willis admitted to what we kind of all knew. Uh, she came out and said that, yeah, there was a personal relationship with this prosecutor. This is, the Georgia DA, of course, and that's the prosecutor she appointed to investigate Trump. What does it mean for the Trump case, and what does it mean for Fannie Willis, Greg? Well, first of all, save me a slice. (laughs) We will. It's really unfair. (laughs) Next time, you got to come in studio. You get these perks on Friday, Greg. (laughs) Well, if I can get through a watering mouth here. um, Uh. Look, this. This prosecution was always legally unsound. It was a perversion of racketeering laws. And Willis knows that if she's booted from this case, as she should be, any replacement attorney would be disinclined to continue pursuing what is a deeply flawed prosecution that was politically driven. The fact that her alleged lover traveled to Washington for two eight-hour meetings at the White House, I mean, that shows that this indictment of Trump in Georgia was coordinated with his election opponent to drive him from the presidential race. So, you know, her corrupt actions have so tainted the case that the only proper remedy is to dismiss the indictment. There are now two Georgia investigations looking into uh, her and Wade personally benefiting financially that the 
they used COVID money to bring the case against Trump, failed to obtain permission from the county for the cash that she lavished on her boyfriend, $654,000, that's absurd. And Nathan Wade apparently took actions, including indictments, before he was ever sworn in. So all of this smacks of misappropriation of public funds, honest services fraud, I don't know how she or her indictment survives this. Judge Weinberg, your thoughts? I think Greg has it exactly right. The whole theory of the case was ridiculous because they indicted a whole bunch of people who were not connected, Greg. There was no common scheme or, or purpose there. There's no concerted action. They made it a RICO case, shows she knows nothing about the law of, of racketeering. What do you say? You're right, Judge. I mean, look, a racketeering case requires an ongoing, prolonged criminal enterprise that's organized. Uh, you know, Trump's efforts uh, were the definition of disorganization. Uh, fractured conversations, none of which was uh, was any concerted conspiracy. These are disparate people with disparate interests and causes that that were all sort of glommed together in this outrageous racketeering case. And another interesting case also, which I believe is faulty as a matter of law, is the Alvin Bragg case against Trump in Manhattan with respect to the pay, the alleged payoff of hush money to one Stormy Daniels. What do you say about that? Yeah, it's fatally flawed because Bragg hasn't even identified the underlying criminal offense, which is a constitutional violation. He's still trying to figure out what it is. It appears he wants to be uh, bringing a federal case as a uh, district attorney and you know state lawyers can't bring federal cases so he's got a a serious problem there and besides that the money that was paid to Stormy Daniels has already been determined by the feds not to constitute a campaign violation so if that's the underlying crime uh, prima facie it ain't a crime So let me ask you, Greg, there's word that now the D.C. case, that's the election case, may get moved. What a surprise. And uh, it was supposed to be uh, right before Super Tuesday, the day before. Now that one looks like it's on hold because it's all the immunity issues that are in the appeals court, presidential immunity. So there's word to what uh, Judge Weinberg was just talking about, that they may move in the Alvin Bragg case. What do you think of that? What are your thoughts, Greg Jarrett? Yeah, I mean, look, the only thing Alvin Bragg has got going for him is a New York jury jury that hates Donald Trump. Um, uh, So, you know, there's no telling what a jury would do, but I think it it is substantially a weak case. I don't see that there's any way it would hold up on appeal. All right. Well, Greg Jarrett, thank you so much for joining us, Greg. We always love having you, especially on big breaking news days like this. Thank you so much. Maybe a slice. That's a deal. That's a deal. You got it. And thanks, Greg. And joining us now, we have General John Tyker, Brigadier General. Uh, he is certainly a seasoned, uh, military guy, recently retired from the Air Force and also U.S. Space Force. Uh, General Tyker, great to have you here. Your thoughts, first of all, with this big news, uh, that just in the last few minutes we've learned the U.S. launching strikes in Syria and also Iraq in response to the three soldiers killed. But we're hearing they're not going to go after Iran in any shape or form, just these proxy groups. Your thoughts? 
Rita, there was actually an important part of the central command statement about these attacks that should be encouraging to us, and that it says that they attacked proxies, but also that it attacked the Quds Force, which is actually the prized jewel of the Ayatollah that reports directly to him and is an Iranian force, and those bases were in Syria and Iraq. And my hope is that this is starting to reestablish the deterrence that we never should have lost in the first place. Yeah, you know what? Is it is it still a little too late? I mean, I agree with you. The Quds Force, that is a big deal. But clearly nothing directly in terms of Iran. Uh, they, we still haven't heard that they've even really imposed all the sanctions. Is this too little too late? Well, it certainly is too late, Rita. It's lamentable that if we would have done something like this on the first attack, not after the 170th attack, then we would still have those Americans alive and 110 Americans not wounded. And so it is indeed lamentable that it took four months for the president to finally do something to stand up to Iran when we could have done this months ago. All right. Uh, John Katz, go ahead. Uh, we got a General Tigard here. Uh, General, I mean, uh, we, we did do some hits today. I don't know how good of hits we did. Is it really going to make a difference or, uh, uh, or we're just doing it to satisfy the American public? John, I actually do think that hitting the Cuds force is a big deal. But the challenge is that once you lose deterrence, then it's extremely difficult to get back. And so the question is whether Iran, in their minds, actually believes that we're going to continue to stand up for ourselves, not just once, but through maybe a prolonged campaign or respond this way after every attack against an American position instead of just this tragic one where three Americans died. How much also um, you talked about the fact that, you know, John's point is this sort of satisfying the American public. Don't you think, General, also that maybe it's time the president does a speech and explains to people what is going on, why we're hitting now Syria and Iraq, uh, hitting the Quds force, what this could mean? Because surely Iran or some of its proxies are going to respond. Don't you think the American public needs to understand what's going on militarily and also uh, just strategically right now? Rita, I think the American public is thirsting for leadership, and there's been a dearth of leadership for the last three years under the Biden administration, and we deserve and we need to hear from the president himself what we are doing and why, and in lieu of that, then we're going to continue to shrug our shoulders and not be quite sure who's in charge in the White House. Governor Patterson. Uh, General, when did it become the policy that every time you go in someplace that you advertise it before you go in? It just seems to me, uh, sort of as you were saying before, that as long as this fight is outside the borders of Iran, it's exactly what they want. And actually, the times Iran has been attacked on their own soil, they were beaten pretty badly by Iraq uh, back in the early 1980s. And by anybody else that goes, they're not known for fighting. They're known for putting up people to fight for them. No, you are right. And hitting proxies doesn't do anything to dissuade Iran from their attacks. But again, going back to the Quds Force, I do think that's significant because it is the prize jewel of the Ayatollah. But I also think it's just foolish that the Biden administration or the president himself, four days ago, walking across the White House lawn, made a comment about he made a decision about what to do. And then now we're staring at our watch four days later, finally seeing a response from the Biden administration. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, General John Tyker, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it on this big breaking news day. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you very much, John. Your final thoughts, because I know you got to you got to head out. You've got a busy time there on your travels. 
Well, you know, I, I got a dinner to go to. I'm late for it already. But I want to wish everybody a great weekend, and I'll be back uh, Sunday night. So I'll, I'll be back to New York. Now, we're, we're I, we're, I always come back to New York. John, were we worth you delaying your dinner for? Yes, we were worth it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, John. Safe travels and have a great, great dinner. And we miss you, and we'll see you on Monday. Thank you. Thank you, the great John Katzenbatidis. And when we come back, everybody, we will talk to Congressman Mike Lawler about these strikes and also the migrants for MIA, they're on their way to California. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And tonight on Cats and Cosby, again, airstrikes happening as we speak in Syria and Iraq. Now, we're just coming in from the White House that the U.S. informed the Iraqi government prior to the strikes. Well, joining us to talk about all of this is Congressman Mike Lawler of the great state of New York. Congressman, uh, in the studio, we also have Ed Cox. We have Judge Richard Weinberg and Governor David Patterson. Your reaction to this big news that at least there's some response to the deaths of our three U.S. servicemen and women. Well, you know, it's long overdue. Uh, Since the terrorist attack on October 7th, there's been over 150 attacks on U.S. military bases and personnel throughout the Middle East. And when I was in Israel back in November, meeting with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Ambassador Liu uh, and our folks uh, over there in Tel Aviv, you know, we raised this issue about the need to respond. Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terror. They fund Hamas, 93% of their budget, Hezbollah, the Houthis, uh, and other terrorist proxies uh, that they use to attack and undermine the United States, Israel, and our allies around the globe. It's not just about military strikes. The the administration needs to sustain that. They need to widen that. Uh, But I will say I passed a bill in uh, the, the fall after the October 7th terrorist attack to go after the illicit oil trade uh, by Iran. This is what they are using to fund the terrorist attacks. We need to pass the SHIP Act. We passed it through the House. The Senate, Chuck Schumer, has been sitting on it since the fall. It needs to move. We need to implement secondary sanctions on the purchasers of Iranian petroleum. The biggest purchaser is China. If we want to stop the terrorist attacks, we have to start with the funding. We have to widen our response and hit them hard because they only understand strength uh, and they will back down as they have in the past uh, when you hit them hard. Yeah. You know what? Uh, You just hit a superb point because essentially by not doing these sanctions, which I contend should have happened on day one. And now there's been over 160 attacks from these Iranian proxy groups. We are essentially allowing the funding of the war. That's what they're using those proceeds for when they're selling the oil to China and all these other places. It is preposterous, Congressman. Since Joe Biden took office, Iranian petroleum sales have increased by $88 billion. It's up over 60 percent. We have to stop it. And that starts by implementing sanctions on the purchasers of that petroleum, China. And we must be very clear-eyed about this. Russia, China, and Iran have engaged in an unholy alliance to undermine the United States and the free world. They are not our allies. They are our enemies. And we must be clear-eyed about that as we deal with the consequences of the three service members who died 
uh, just uh, a week ago. Yeah, Congressman Lawler, uh, Judge Weinberg, you've got a question. So, Mike, what is it going to take the Biden administration to get a direct attack against Iran, for example, on their uh, oil facilities? Their refineries? Well, I, I, I think, obviously, what is uh, critically important is to go after these proxy organizations and and take them out. But we have to take out the funding source that has helped provide them the weapons and the capabilities to launch these attacks, whether it's the Houthis in the Red Sea or Hamas and Hezbollah uh, on the on the west and north of Israel. Um, and, you know, obviously, we the, the administration is going to need to make decisions moving forward and how they are going to deal with Iran. But it starts by dealing with the funding. And cutting that off is critically important. The fact is, as I said, $88 billion in increased revenue to the greatest state sponsor of terror under Joe Biden's watch. It is absolutely an abomination. Uh, Congressman Ed Cox here. Just shifting to another topic. Uh, You've been involved in the legislation to lift the cap with respect to salt deductions. Explain to everybody what that is. Explain. Go go ahead, Congressman. Absolutely. Absolutely. The state and local tax deduction in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was limited uh, to $10,000, whether you filed single or married filing jointly. Uh, Obviously, in a a high tax state like New York, there's no disagreement between us that New York needs to cut spending, cut taxes. We all agree on that. But our folks should not be penalized because of the bad policy decisions uh, by uh, our elected officials and be double taxed at the federal level. And so I have introduced legislation to eliminate the marriage penalty and double it uh, for uh, tax year 23 for married couples. It would lift it from 10,000 to 20,000. It's a common sense measure. Uh, We were able to pass it through the rules committee uh, just yesterday. uh, And I'm hopeful that we'll have a vote on the floor uh, this week and enact serious tax reform and uh, tax relief for hardworking middle class families, not just in New York, but across this country. Biden inflation has wreaked havoc. The cost of living has gone up exponentially. And these folks need support uh, and they need immediate tax relief. And that's why we've introduced this bill, working with Nick LaLota, Andrew Garbarino, Anthony D'Esposito and Mark Molinero, the five of us New Yorkers fighting to get this done uh, in time for for uh, the tax year. Uh, so that people can uh, deduct at $20,000. Yeah, bravo, bravo. Well, keep up the good fight. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for joining us on such an important news day. And keep us posted, because that's a big deal, obviously, saving money. And uh, let's see what happens also if we hear from the president soon about these major strikes, but little too little too late, and who knows where. Uh, and who knows if any of them hit anything other than an empty warehouse. We don't know that or at this point. Tent. Or an empty tent at this point. We don't know. <laughs> Congressman, thank you very much. We love having you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And everybody, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America, everybody.